This podcast is brought to you by MediShare, affordable and biblical health care sharing. Visit MediShare.com slash unpacking it. You deserve affordable, reliable health care. It's MediShare. Welcome to the weekly Unpacking It Facebook Live podcast, where we unpack the very latest in sports, faith, and life. Now, from Charlotte, North Carolina, from his mouth to your ears, here is Bryce Johnson. Welcome to the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MetaShare. I'm Bryce Johnson. For the next hour, we will unpack sports faith and life with the unpacking it community of sports fans yes the football season is over but man we have got a lot to talk about on this tuesday edition of the unpacking it live podcast as you'll hear in my voice uh battling back from from sickness uh but thankfully feeling much better and uh glad glad to be here doing this show today and Let's listen. I, I got to admit, I love the NBA and I love the NBA All Star Game and I love all the festivities. So I do want to get into that a little bit today. You see Steph Curry, his jersey behind me. Got to talk about Steph Curry. So we'll do that. Also, how about this Jawan Howard situation with Michigan? You know, I'm ready for the March Madness, but this is a, this is a madness. We're getting a little little early madness that, that may not be great madness. Uh, but I did want to unpack that topic today and relate it to our own lives and relate it to our own decisions, our own behavior. Uh, so we will do that during our unpack this segment. Uh, we'll also do the MetaShare moment of the week. Uh, I want to talk about the top 75 NBA players or top 76, the 75th anniversary team, uh, which is, is worth taking a look at debating, have, having some fun there. And, and then, of course, we'll do tap drill today. Some fun topics we'll throw around and tap around a little bit uh, with Henry Bienname. Uh, Luke Heaton is here as well. We'll say hello to him in just a moment as we will do I'm Convinced. We'd love to know what you're convinced of following the, the weekend as well. And hopefully for a lot of you, you had a long weekend. If you get President's Day off, I mean, what a holiday. I don't know how you celebrate, but hopefully you celebrated with a day off. So uh, I'm still trying to figure it out, but hey. It's a holiday, so so enjoy it, embrace it. But here we are on a Tuesday. But what are you convinced of on this Tuesday? We are brought to you by MetaShare. We're so thankful for their support of Unpacking It. MetaShare is an innovative healthcare solution for Christians looking to save money without sacrificing on quality. MetaShare is a biblical, affordable, affordable alternative to health insurance. And so they've been around more than 25 years. My wife and I, we've been members for over five years and, and somebody texted me the other day, hey, is this, is this the real deal? Yeah, this is what we use. It's been great for us. It, it may be the right fit for you. It may not be, but it's worth exploring. Uh, it's been great for us. And so you can text the word UNPACK to 201-201, and they'll send you a link to get some more information. Uh, you can also go to metashare.com slash unpacking it. So thanks to Metashare for their support. Luke. Man, my fellow NBA brother, you love the NBA as much as I do. We're coming off a big <laughs> NBA celebration. Football's over. How are you doing personally, and, and, and how are you feeling on this Tuesday? couple things to respond to your, uh, your opener of the show. One, so glad that we can focus on basketball. I know football is king. I'm a lover of football. But basketball is my first love. Grew up Me playing too. basketball. Me too. I love hoops, love the hardwood. Uh, it's almost March. So like you said, the madness may have arrived, but we don't like sure. that madness. We <laughs> want the madness on the basketball court Yes, uh, with the big tournament. So very excited for that. Also, I celebrated President's Day by celebrating you. You're a president of Unpacking It. <laughs> <laughs> you're a, come on what are we doing you here oh, you know how to celebrate work. president's day oh, I didn't know you gotta celebrate yourself you, oh, where's the love man. for the fellow presidents so i, I celebrated president's day it was a day of honor for bryce johnson so that's oh. what i was doing i don't know what you were doing but that's so what, what i was it, doing what does that mean 
You slicked your hair back, put some gel in. What'd you do? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Listen, uh, listen to a little metal music. Uh, threw on some skillet. Oh, uh, nice. Made some pasta for the wife. Oh, uh, sounds, sounds like a wonderful day. <laughs> uh, yeah, didn't quite go the slicked hair uh, back. I'm more of a putty okay. guy. So uh, for hair product, uh, I go the putty route, Old Spice putty. Fantastic. Ooh. You don't get the crunchy hair. Also, no, I, do, I hate I do doing putty. my hair. I do putty. I do putty. You do putty? I do. I hate doing my hair, so I'm team hat as often as possible. Oh, yeah. That's uh, right. So the really the only time I do my hair is Sunday mornings for church. Um, you know, maybe I need to start the movement on hats to church. Maybe that that's another conversation we can have another day. Uh, Maybe we show a little respect. Show a little respect. Let's take the hat off. Take the hat off. (laughs) Take the hat off at dinner. Take the hat off at church. Now we've accepted it. It seems accepted. I will say it does seem accepted. Well, it depends in certain areas In certain areas. The hat on at church is acceptable. In other areas, if you don't have a suit, eh, you might as well get back home. You well, might, that's good you, it might as well not be here. So uh, there's a lot of cultural things. I'm, I'm, I'm passionate about understanding where culture influences us. Uh, mm. Anyway, I digress. I'm pumped to be here. We're talking hoops. All-Star Weekend. How are you doing? What, what was the weekend like for you? I mean, you're overcoming sickness, but you are here. But I'm here. Yeah. So I did. So I watched a lot of the all star festivities. And so we can we can kind of begin there. Uh, I also watched a lot of some of my favorite sports shows. So Colin Cowherd, Jim Rome caught up with some of those those shows because I was I was sitting around sick. But um, but yes, as far as the all star festivities from the celebrity uh, game all the way up until the NBA all star game. I was I was around for it and and tried to to soak it in and, mm. and so let me let me begin with with I'm convinced and and here are a few few things one I'm convinced the greatest thing happened to the All Star Game on on Sunday they finally realized yeah we should have Ernie Chuck Shaq and Kenny broadcast the entire game yeah. why are we just now doing this are you kidding me so part of the why I love All Star Weekend is because it's like double inside the NBA. Like they do pregame, postgame, all weekend long. And, mm-hmm. and so it's it's more of them. Well, we got that during the game. So that it was the alternative broadcast, but this should be the main broadcast. I feel bad. I love Kevin Harlan. Nothing against him. But if I can get those four guys talking basketball for the entire game, talking about the all-star stuff, yeah. it was fantastic. It's a no-brainer. And so I that was I absolutely love that. Big, big fan of that. So yeah, that was the the highlight for me, um, as well as the the honoring of the 75th team, which we'll talk about later. Definitely, I have a lot of thoughts on that. That was that was really cool. So uh, a special weekend for sure. But but I think you're you're convinced about something in regards to All Star Weekend as well. Yes. So let me preface with this: is I'm not just your average Joe hater, and I know you have you have issue with the dunk contest hater. So if, yes. if, if I'll throw it back to you first, because we may have some disagreement here. All so right. I'll throw it back to you. So I have a pretty uh, principled perspective on the, the easy complainer guy. So the yeah. guy that complains about, and, and I guess you fall into this too, overtime rules, refs, <laughs> um, preseason football, and uh, the the Pro Bowl or the All Star Game, like people that complain about those. To me, it's like it's it's just low hanging fruit. It's too easy to complain about these things. Just embrace them for what they are. I've embraced them. I, I've talked about multiple times. I embraced the preseason this year, and I had a great pre, uh, fantasy season overall in fantasy football. For little preseason NFL. I watched some players. I had a good fantasy season. I embraced it for what it is. And you know, we can debate overtime rules. That's fine. Whatever. And with the slam dunk contest, some years it's not great. But I don't, I, I don't want it to go away. It's still the marquee event. I'm still at the edge of my seat hoping and thinking that this is going to be the year for a great dunk contest. So it still draws me back. I'm still in. So that's, mm. that's, I'm, I'm not willing to just, ah, the, ah, it's a joke. Forget about it. No, I go out of my way to make sure that I can watch the, all, the, uh, well, the All-Star game, but the dunk contest 
just because I might see something crazy that might get me out of my seat. So I love the possibility and the potential of it. It is what it is. Some years you're going to get bad dunkers. Some years they're not going to be as big a names. Some guys are just, they're just not going to land the dunks, but I'm there for the creativity. I'm there for the potential of a great performance Mm. and keep it coming. Keep it coming. So with that said, and also (laughs) the guy that likes to complain that Nickelback isn't a good band or that Creed isn't a good band. (laughs) Finally, we can agree on something. (laughs) Too easy. They're they're fine bands, especially Creed. I mean, it's not just, it's too easy. It's flat out wrong. And it's silly. Nickelback's not a bad band. The the joke that, oh, if if someone hands you the ox in the car, you can't turn on Nickelback. Well, why not? There's a handful of songs that are go-tos. And yeah, I will not not tolerate Nickelback or Creed Slander. It's just like classic. It's like, I guess I I just avoid the classic, yeah, the hater takes. So with that said... Am yes. I getting a hater take right now from Luke? Is that what's happening right now? So I, I think I'm different than the normal hater takers because I I am a consistent watcher of these things. I, I don't just show up for the big events. Oh, this sucks. What are we doing? This is terrible. I'm a diehard sports fan. So the things I complain about, I like to think that I know where it can be done better, and I've seen why it's not good. I don't just show up and, and just complain. Um, and I, I like to point out things that are just illogical and things that don't make sense. So I will say there is some complaining in me, but I think I have, I have good reason. I, I don't think I fall into the annoying sports fan camp. I'll, I'll uh, maybe that's, I'll maybe I'll that's just self-preservation. <laughs> uh, but what I'm convinced of, let me try to, explain this clearly because I have a a handful of different directions. One, I'm convinced that the three-point contest has officially surpassed the dunk contest as the most exciting event of All-Star Weekend. The dunk contest no longer holds that title. It's not even close. The three-point contest is amazing. It's exciting. Uh, I you think mean a that's typical an, Tuesday night game between the Bucks and the and the Raptors? Well, that kind I, of three-point contest that we see every night? Uh, well, <laughs> fair. But I think I think it's way more exciting, especially with the people that participate. Um, the It's something that – let me – gosh, I, I have so many thoughts here. Okay, three-point contest, more exciting than the dunk contest. I'm also convinced the dunk contest is unfixable at this point. Well, it's not unfixable. It's current. The way it currently happens and operates is unfixable. And social media, I think, is the main culprit for the dunk contest no longer being good. The dunk contest objectively stinks. It's poo-poo. It is horrendous. It's not entertaining. It is a waste of time. And that is that has nothing to do with the players. It has everything to do with the best dunkers in the world are no longer in the NBA. Mm. Social media has given a platform to professional dunkers. Every time you log on to Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you see highlights and videos of professional dunk contests. These you guys, you must, you must follow those kinds of people. I'm not sure everybody sees that. That's not on the okay. main. Sorry. I'm not, I'm not logging into Twitter and seeing that the stock market changes. I don't oh. want to be that guy. Uh, but I'm not that guy either, but yeah, <laughs> you just see memes. You're probably, a, you're a meme guy. Uh, so these guys tour the world. I was reading today, professional dunkers tour the world year round and compete in professional dunk contests. The dunks they're able to do is now the standard. The dunks that 99% of NBA players, what they're able to do is way inferior to what professional dunkers can do. So these NBA guys, they're coming out. I feel I feel bad for them. They're expected to, to shock the world, to impress, entertain with an inferior product. We, we, we see better dunks every single day than what these NBA guys can do. It's they're unfair to them. them. It's, it's unfair to them. them. So if, if they're expected to go out and 
it's it's just it, it cringes. It cringe. I'm cringe watching all the because like the early 2000s, you have all these guys with the cameras and the flip phones. They're recording. They go crazy after a dunk. Ten years ago, twelve years ago, the between the legs dunk. All these dunks that the NBA guys currently do. Oh, we're going crazy. The Vince Carter dunk contest, Tracy McGrady, Kobe, all the dunks they were doing. And then you get the reactions from the players. Now you have the players recording with their phones to dunks that we've been seeing all year round. Dunks that we see all the time that so many non-NBA guys can do and that professional dunkers do way better. So it, it cringes me. There's this forced reaction and it's just not good. So this is going long. The fix is the dunk contest should be a game of horse or, <laughs> or dunk. You have okay. players, you do a dunk. All right, That's let's cool. see who can like mirror that. it. And then you go to the next and you keep doing it until someone is out. That's my solution. The current like model that. is not entertaining anymore. So all that being said, not a fan of the current dunk. I'm not entertained by the current dunk contest. That's that's fair. I actually I think the the structure of it should be different too. And the idea that the one guy Jalen Green went he he went fourth and then he went again first uh, in the second round. Did you, did you notice that? It was like wait he's up again. He just he just missed fifteen dunks, <laughs> worn out, and now he's got to try to do another one. <laughs> Poor that doesn't guy. make sense. So yeah, yeah, the whole format I agree. Uh, but I think again the potential of what it can be and what I've seen it to be over the years. I long for and still believe that it can be recaptured some way, somehow. So go back to the drawing board, figure it out, NBA. You got a whole year to figure it out. Don't give up on it. That's my, that's my hope. How about that? And the three-point contest is fine. It's, but it's guys shooting threes. But that, that's the thing. Like Those guys, it's just your, your ability. See, let's see how many they can make in a row, all these high points. For dunking, it's can these guys do the dunks or not? And the we like the best dunkers in the world are not in the NBA, so yeah, I hear you. I don't know. All right, cool. Um, no, that's uh, that's a good take. That's fair. I think it's a fair fair take and totally totally true. Which is it's funny sometimes. Like the best ball handlers may not be in the NBA because there's guys that you know are amazing ball handlers. It, it, so th- some of those skills don't necessarily translate um, on the highest level. Yeah. Uh, I saw this question on social media. I'll throw this out there to people today. What athlete is or was as good at their craft as Steph is at shooting the three ball? Um, so kind of along those lines, you know, a very specific skill. He is head and shoulders uh, above everybody else at this specific skill. Uh, who else out there in all of sports is even similar to that? Because what we saw from Steph during the All-Star game was absolutely remarkable. And, uh, and we'll maybe talk a little bit more about it later on. But I wanted to at least throw that question out there. Because I, I saw that and I was like, ah, that's an interesting question. Um, because Steph clearly is elite. To be mm-hmm. at this point in his career, you know, classic NBA guys, oh, he's the greatest shooter of all time. Like yeah. For that to be the case is not just, I mean, the three for sure. And then just shooting in general. Yeah. He's, he's right there without right. a doubt. Reggie Miller and Ray Allen have already crowned him that. Yeah. So and that's, who, that's a lot. <laughs> he can't get guys. more crowned with that title. It's no. pretty crazy. A- absolutely not. And I'm sure Steve Kerr, he'd throw throw himself throw Curry in there as well. Even though I'm not sure. Steve Kerr is gonna throw level? himself in there. I might as well throw him in there. He's on that level, right? <laughs> Kerr and Tim Legler. Those are a couple other Tim guys growing up thinking, oh man, that guy's a really good three-point shooter. All right. So the other the other big story that I want to get to is this whole Jawan Howard debacle. Now it happened Sunday. Everybody responded to it yesterday and Sunday and a lot of different responses. And so what I want to do for unpack this is talk about the responses and, and how fans and media and other players and coaches all responded to what took place. Now I'm sure everybody has seen this by now, the, the kind of scuffle that took place where ultimately Juwan Howard, I'd say smacked, smacked or slapped or hit. I mean, the idea that he punched the guy, I think is a little, probably not, it seemed open-handed more than anything. Yeah, but, that's that's more clickbait. Yeah, yeah, we're not going like to break down the, the, the punch as much. <laughs> right. the, the, the absolute punch, he knocked him out. He sent <laughs> him to the ground, signed him up for, for boxing. Nah, yeah. I'm not sure about all that. <laughs> but 
here's here's what jumped out to me. So during Unpack This, we, we take a sports topic related to our own lives, related to the Bible, related to our faith journey. And and so there was the the group of people that immediately jumped all over Juwan Howard, right, to make sure that what he did was wrong. This is unacceptable. This is terrible behavior. How could a coach behave like this? Okay, so there was that group. Then there was the... Wait, let, 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 wait, why did why did uh, Juwan Howard do this? Well, maybe he was provoked. You know, what was up with uh, this Wisconsin coach, Greg Gard? You know, why is he calling timeout? You know, you can't be doing that, man. Come on, don't call timeout. This is unacceptable. Oh, Gard touched Howard during during the, the handshake line. What's You can't do that. You can't touch another man. You know, it's like, so then there was that crowd. Yeah. Well, then there was the crowd that said, oh, Juwan Howard should lose his job. He should be sent to Australia and just out of this country. He should forget him. I'm I'm done with him. Um, there's that group. He should never be able to enter a basketball court again. So you got that guy. <laughs> and then and then you have people that hey this you know this wasn't a good look. This was a, a poor decision, and he needs to be punished for his poor decision. And he's going to have to deal with the consequences of his instant reaction and responding the way that he did, uh, there's, there's going to be a punishment for him. So there was that, that group of people as well. Um, Luke, I'll let you, where did you, uh, what, what did you think of kind of the initial responses from, from people as they witnessed this and as social media blew up? So. Gosh, well, I, well, one it's the, I think the obvious is, coaches can't behave like this and both coaches played a role especially with the Wisconsin assistant coach coming over and aggravating the situation I don't know I I struggle to buy a lot of stock in end of game manners on I don't necessarily support everyone who says who gets upset with how a team handles the end of a game as in like you're you're getting you're getting killed they should know how to operate i think that's just a unattainable ask so the fact oh, that he called a that. timeout i totally agree like his backups are in michigan was full court pressing do call timeout you don't want your backups to just start turning the ball over so i I don't love the player or the coach or the team that gets upset with how a team that's winning handles the end of the game. I think that's a little, a little too, a little crybaby, a little too much. Um, not to say the the Wisconsin coach certainly played a role in potentially aggravating the situation, but that that's kind of my thoughts as I was engaging with the video and watching it and what people were saying. Okay. So, yeah, I, I think that's that's part of the deal as well. And then the other thing is people jump to a conclusion. Their response was, well, eliminate the handshake line. I, I mean, this is like, so we, we saw a situation that, that went awry and it wasn't a great situation. So the answer is, well, let's eliminate the, the handshake line for everyone else that does relatively fine with it. You know, and, and Juwan Howard does fine with it every other time except for this one time. Well, yeah. now we just shouldn't shake hands. Why are we even shaking hands anyway? And it's like, oh, my gosh. So we can't even – so when you see all these responses, it's very hard to even have rational conversations. They're, well, we're all coming at this yeah. way different. Like, we view things differently. We view exactly. the world differently. So it's just another reminder of that. Well, which um, is unnecessary. I think in the age of – I don't want to be Mr. Social Media Guy, but I guess I'm turning into that today – in the age of social media, when stuff like this happens, it's like the race to who could have the biggest, loudest, most amazing take, forceful take. Like you were saying, fire him or all Wisconsin's fault, all Michigan's fault. <laughs> he should never see a never coach again. Like, how about we actually wait for statements for people to explain themselves and actually yep. rationally think about this? I just hate the race to the biggest, loudest, most clickbait, like chasing take. Uh, certainly, that's not what you and I are about. It's just, it's just silly. Like people are making these outlandish takes five minutes after this happened. Like, come on, yeah. what are we doing here? We don't even know, know the situation. 
Yeah. Yeah. So it's a lot of layers to it. And there were, so my big takeaway was there was a lot of response. A lot of people responded differently to this situation. So why am I bringing this up? What's the parallel for us now in life? We all experience people that and ourselves included, we make mistakes. We respond poorly in situations. We react. I'll say, we'll use the word react. Because we're going to talk about resp- how do we respond. But we just, we, we fly off the handle. We have a short fuse, a short temper. We see somebody else act a fool as well. And so my big question for us today is, how do we respond to sin? How do we respond to someone else's sin? How do we respond to our own sin? What is the immediate response? And then ultimately, what's kind of the, the more thought out response to it? And what does the Bible say uh, that can that can encourage us today because it's the same kind of thing whether we're talking about something on the basketball court that that was not right and and whether it's something in our own life that is clearly not right there is the group of people that can't wait to jump and point and cancel and you're done forget it we're shipping you out of town you're you're done and so we write off people right away if we see they they sin all right you're done I'm I'm done with you if they if especially if it's against us they've hurt us nope you're out. Or it's the, eh, who cares? Doesn't matter. All right. You know, it's like, Hey, the coach got mad. They hit a guy, no big deal. And that's our view of sin too. Like, nah, it's nah, no big deal. Everybody sins. Carry on, carry on. And there's no, you know, consequences for it. And it's just, Hey, willy nilly. And then, then there's people that, you know, Hey, I, yeah, that was not a great decision. There will be consequences. There will be punishments. There's, you have to deal with the ramifications of that that sinful decision um and so then there's there's that side of things and then there's you know the same type of mindset the the dramatic things have to change and and so if i don't know kids shouldn't even go to school anymore uh, okay well then there would be no more <laughs> skipping school okay great now there's no more school yeah it's just whatever something outrageous we just jump yeah. to these major conclusions and so we just uh, wipe something out completely to avoid the sin versus actually, wait, why is that sin happening? What really happened? And yeah. so that's kind of my my response personally to the Juwan Howard thing is I, I I start wondering, wait, what's really going on below below the surface? You know, why would he allow himself to get to that point? Like, why does he why is he so concerned with losing? Ultimately, he was mad that he lost. Why did that trigger? You know, what else is going on in his life? What pressure is he feeling? So it's like there's there's also, an element. What was said to him? We what don't said, know what yeah. the words potentially said to him. Uh, maybe there was something that happened earlier in the game that also was a part of it. the the re, The proper reaction is this is a very nuanced thing. All of the things that you mentioned that we got to take a little piece here, a little piece here. We can't just go all in on one on any one of those perspectives that you said. We have to. There's some gray area involved here. It's a nuanced way of okay, what happened, and how can we respond accordingly instead of oh, immediately rushing with what we are, I guess, flesh or our natural reaction to it. But because. Yeah, well, I'm definitely not saying there's any gray area when it comes to. Well, I guess there's sin yeah okay maybe there's some in regards to sin being sinful or not sinful no gray area but our response on how to navigate situations that's what i'm focusing on yeah yeah that's yeah more of the approach to this to this topic um and and so you know for one i think we have to take a look okay are we too often on the justifying sin defending sin giving permission for certain behaviors right we can kind of get caught up in that um and and then you know kind of the other thing is do we um yeah do we do we not ex- we're more worried about pointing fingers at somebody else like we're quick to jump on somebody else versus evaluating our own sinful behavior right that's mm-hmm. that's probably in the culture that we live in that's oh, probably yes. the default default right we can't wait to jump on somebody else but yeah. when it comes to our own our own lives we're dancing around and and justifying and yeah, it's not that bad. As soon as somebody else does even the same thing, well, well, but them, oh my goodness, I can't believe they did that. Um, so that's my that's my encouragement to us today 
is to kind of consider and ask those questions. Okay, how am I responding? And 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 I would even say, you know, are we a little bit more humble in the response and understanding the relatability too? Doesn't mean we justify the actions, but like honestly, for for I'll let you go ahead. You go ahead. Well, you bring up such a great point, and I don't necessarily know if you're going this direction or not, but you in regards to I don't know, cancel culture or um, oh, I can't believe they would do that and kind of being okay with what we're doing. The relatability of when someone has a moral failure, we watch Juwan Howard do what he did. We any any big celebrity who's who has a huge platform and they fail, the culture now is rebuke, reject, how could they, how terrible, which but from a Christian perspective, I think the proper response, you're going the humility route, is, wow, that's really unfortunate that happened. I'm, I'm just as capable of doing that, if not more. Thankful, thank goodness for God's spirit and God's work in my life. Because if we don't, if we look at someone and just, oh, how terrible they are, without thinking, wow, I'm capable of doing the exact same thing because I'm a sinner. I could do way worse. Like there's an element of humility of seeing someone else's sin, and it should almost bring us to a place, remind us to repent of what we're doing, and also thanking God for ways that he's protecting us from doing certain things. That's right. Absolutely. And just with this incident in particular, I mean, I was a knucklehead growing up, and and I would get angry when I lost games and and. I can't even play sports anymore because I don't even want to go back to that dark place. So it's, <laughs> but I've matured in my faith and hopefully I respond differently. But, but I know that when I get caught up in, in the competitiveness and, but see, that was the thing I would probably justify as, well, I'm just an intense player or yeah. I just get competitive. I just like to win so much. And that's why maybe I would say something in a, in a handshake line. So I know yeah. that I'm, yeah. Oh yeah. I used to, I used to do stupid stuff when I was playing in, in those types of circumstances. I don't think I ever hit anybody in the face. But, um, but there I go. Now I'm saying, well, Juwan's worse than me. But no, yeah, that's what we do. That's it. Well, but I'm you, but you, exactly. I wouldn't do that. Right? But yeah, to no, your point, no, no way. <laughs> yeah. But to your point, I'm also not six ten. Yeah, good point. But to what you're saying, what Juwan Howard did, you are extremely capable. Like, who says that if if. Like what he did is it's not like, oh well, I would never do that. Well, says who? Yeah. Says who I would never do something like that. So there is there is a humility in understanding that the sin that you and I are capable of because of our sinful nature is is endless. So thank thank you to God for redeeming us and giving us the Holy Spirit and continuing to sanctify us to become more like Christ, because without him my goodness, are we capable of the worst of the worst of the worst? Hmm. So I, I think, you know, so we have to, to to pause before jumping on people. But at the same time, I'm also not saying, yeah, you you, you let things slide or yeah. whatever. No, the punishment, there's going to be a punishment. He's already, he's been suspended five games. So absolutely, he's got to deal with the consequences. Yeah. But to write him off that, oh, he can't lead men now. Like he can't be a coach anymore. It's like to me. It's like uh, let 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 uh, let's allow this to help him grow and mature. And sure, there was an incident. I think it was last year or the year before with another coach, uh, the Maryland coach. Um, I can't think of his name right now. But Turgeon, Turgeon. So yeah, so maybe he didn't fully learn from that. But in some ways, maybe he did. It's, it's not like he's doing this every week. So he's in process. <laughs> And so we have to give each other grace, like that we're in process, we're trying to grow. And then from a spiritual state, I don't know where Juan is in his faith, so I can't speak to that. But for us, if, if we're talking about in, in you know, Christian community and, and, and the people that we're doing life with and holding each other accountable, and, and yeah, we want to come alongside, hey, this is unacceptable behavior, but there is grace, we're in process, we're making steps towards yes. Jesus, we're becoming more and more like Jesus, we're not justifying behavior, we're not accepting behavior, yeah. we're also not writing each other off. Exactly. And, and throwing each other away. And it's like, man, yeah. we got to we gotta have some compassion and, and love in the midst of yeah, putting our, our foot down for what's right. And, yes. and I'm, I'm, I'm under the authority of the Bible. So I want to continue to understand the Bible 
and follow the Bible and, and obey God. I want to live for God. I want to live according to his way because I believe his way is the best way and to yes. live a holy life. And so that's what I, that's what I want to do. Uh, but there are days where I'm, I'm weak. There are days where I'm emotional that, that leads to an outburst or whatever it is. And so I know that those, those moments are, are there. Um, so to be written off, well, he can't be a good dad. He can't be a good husband. He can't do this or that. I don't, yeah. I don't want people doing that to me. So I don't want to do that for Juwan Howard. Yes. Uh, I think it's someone sins. You acknowledge that is sin. There's going to be consequences. But then staying in the middle ground of, we also want to give people a chance to repent. Like especially reading about church discipline in God's word. Matthew 18, uh, don't quote me on the reference, but I think it's Matthew 18, on giving people opportunity to repent. Okay, they don't repent, bring someone else in. They don't repent, eventually they're being cast out. But when someone does something wrong, okay, yeah, that's sin, there's going to be consequences. But giving people the grace, giving them a chance to repent, because we want that same thing. If every time we failed, we were given no room to repent, learn from it, grow from it, oh, how terrible is that? How how discouraging and how how horrendous would that be? Uh, we're we're constantly walking on eggshells because, well, if I mess up, if I do anything wrong, I'm gonna have no chance to repent because no one's gonna give me an opportunity to. If God can give us a chance to to repent of our sin, certainly we can give people a chance to repent while also acknowledging what they did was sinful. There's going to be consequences, but it doesn't mean you can't repent and learn from it as well. So again, it's it's some type of middle ground in our response to it. So, yeah, so that's the question today. How do we respond to sin, other people's sin, our own sin, and and really evaluating it? So a couple key verses to to, to consider, uh, Romans 3.23 and 24. For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God, in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins, which is you know, e- eternally separated from him in, in death. And so, uh, thankfully, through Jesus, we don't. that's no longer the, the ultimate pen- penalty, um, but there's still consequences for sin here on earth. No, there's no, there's no question about that. First um, John one nine, but if we confess our sins to Him, He can be depended on to forgive us and to cleanse us from every wrong. And it is perfectly proper for God to do this for us because Christ died to wash away our sins. So we cling to that. Um, and then you know this verse gets talked about a lot. Oh, don't judge me and that kind of thing. But Matthew seven three and five. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can mm. you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see the past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Mm. And so that we got to go back to that too. Uh, again, before I jump all over Juwan Howard, it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me, uh, how am I responding in my yeah. own situations. Um, let's see. And then, uh, yeah. And then Jesus says in revelation, though, those whom I love, I reprove and discipline. So be zealous and repent. And so we, we definitely want to, uh, you know, accept his, his reprove and discipline in our lives, uh, and, and grow and change and repent and turn from that sin in our life. So, uh, man, we could talk all day about it, and we, we did for a long time. This is a good, good topic, a lot there. Uh, any, anything that you haven't said yet, Luke, that you want to make sure you, you get in there? No, I think, uh, I mean, again, we, this, <laughs> books have been written about this topic, so I, I feel like we covered it pretty well today. Cool, cool. Uh, so we'd love to know your thoughts as listeners. Uh, you can shoot me an email, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. You know, how do you normally respond to sin? How, you know, what ways have you wrestled with this? Um, and, and how can, uh, yeah, we encourage one another in this, in this topic. All right, let's, uh, let's get to the MetaShare moment of the week because I want to talk about the 75th anniversary team, which is so funny because they have 76 players because they tied in the voting. Come on, guys, figure it out. A lot of questions uh, about the list. 75. But, yeah. um, 
But I, I will say the, the moment of the week, the MetaShare moment of the week was watching, I don't know how many total actually came to the, the halftime presentation where they were all recognized, but it was special. And you, yeah. know what, you know what my big takeaway from seeing all these incredible guys, you know, from, was it Bob Pettit? He's still living. Yeah. yeah Bob Pettit. Yeah, I think he was one of the older guys. Um, to Giannis. Um, I noticed a tremendous amount of humility and awe. I'll say, especially from guys like LeBron, Shaq, Charles, maybe guys that we heard from a little bit more uh, that I was able to, to really gather that from that. There was, you know, you, you get honored that way. It's like, you, you'd think the default would be arrogance or like, man, I'm a part of this, this team. Yeah. I think people were blown away and humbled because you, you always hear this. I'm, I'm humbled by the honor. And I always find it to be kind of a funny thing when people say that, like they win an award and I'm humbled by this. Eh, are you? It's like, you're just a little puffed up by, by winning that. I really think this, this humbled people to think, wow, this league's been around 75 years and I'm one of the best to ever do it. And yeah. I'm brushing shoulders with the legends of the game. Yeah. And it, it almost felt like they were like little kids out there again. You know, it's like yes. even their fandom, you know, Barkley was a fan of guys before he played. LeBron was a little yeah. kid watching. We these forget guys. that. We forget and, that. And I think they got back into that mindset. Mm-hmm. And at least that's what I gathered watching them. And I found that to be very special and very unique and cool. So, yes. That was my- so I agree with you wholeheartedly to see that many legends there was amazing as a sports fan, as sport, the sports nerds that we are, all those people in the same place, incredible. But again, the humility of these players like Shaq, Shaq had a, he went on a monologue before the all-star game and thanked all the players that went before him. And he said, as dominant as Shaq is, and he's also been outspoken on calling himself the most dominant, the greatest. He's not necessarily uh, our staple, humble NBA legend. But even him, he says, I know I could not become who I was without these guys. He said when he first started watching David Robinson play, he said, I'm not that good at basketball. He Hmm. went and watched David Robinson and thought, wow, I'm not that good. Shaq was saying that, and he he thanked all these guys. Allen Iverson went on a monologue thanking. He said, I couldn't be who I was without these guys. Charles Barkley talked about guys like Adrian Dantley, who taught him how to be an undersized big man. All these legends are unashamedly thanking the guys that came before him and basically giving them so much credit on, I'm not who I am without the guys that came before me. And that was just so cool. It just felt good. Yeah. Wow. These legends are thanking other legends. They're all in the same place. To see guys like Giannis, our current legends, talking with old timers, seeing them just be in conversation together. How cool is that? So the whole thing was, was absolutely spectacular. Unbelievable. And all right, so the other part of it. So that was the the MetaShare moment of the week. That was the the, the special part of it. And uh, be sure to check out MetaShare.com slash unpacking it uh, to find out more information about MetaShare. They're, they're a biblical, affordable alternative to health insurance. And uh, again, you can find out more information, MetaShare.com slash unpacking it. The funny side of this whole experience was watching the guys either wave give the thumbs up, give the awkward, I don't know what to do to while I'm being on, while I'm on camera. Some yeah. of the, I mean, Jason Kidd was really goofy. Your boy from yeah. Dallas, he was hilarious. <laughs> and so I just got a kick out of watching these guys. And again, legends, confident, <laughs> accomplished. Yeah. And you know, there's still that goofiness and you're like, wait, everybody's looking at me. I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. And we've talked about on the show before, I guess we brought it up when we were talking about Phil Mickelson, like bringing back the thumbs up sign and, yeah. and all that kind of thing. But to see Michael Jordan give a thumbs up in a goofy way or kind of a cool way, I guess it's a cool, is a thumbs up ever cool? I don't know, but maybe when Jordan does it, I yeah. guess it's as cool as he's ever going to get. I've been trying to add oh, the funny. thumbs up and the salute. 
to oh, my my arsenal. That's right. That's right. Uh, because I was in an elevator in a mall recently, and I held the elevator. Or I, I kept the elevator open for a guy. He walks in, gives me a thumbs thumbs up. I'm like, great. No words, just a thumbs up and a smile. I later see him in the store, and he just tosses me a thumbs up because uh, that's later in the store. And then somehow we ended up near each other looking to make a similar purchase, and he's talking to someone. And I guess I was, I was wearing a, my, a soccer hat or a shirt, and we're talking about our favorite teams. And then he just looks at me and just gives me another thumbs up. He has yet to say a word to me. But he's given me three confident thumbs ups, and that that triggered me to think I've got to add this to my repertoire. The thumbs up, it's an easy thing to just dish out. Um, so seeing a guy like Michael Jordan do it, come on, <laughs> what more evidence do we need? I need to shout out my boy Dirk, the the staple, the patented double hand wave. So what Dirk does, he does, he holds up the three. Anytime he made a three, he did, he did this. Not not here. He did this three. And then it's the double hand wave every time he's on camera. So Gosh. All, a bunch of Mavericks Lightning. fans were very pleased to see that. The last thing I'll say is the it was so uncomfortable when the camera was left on a guy a few seconds too long. Too long. Especially when the, they were videoed in. And they don't even know where they're waving. They're just waving. Oh, but that was painful. Especially when they're oh, in person. It painful. It may, we need two seconds, three seconds max. Wave, get on your way. But when it's five, six, seven seconds, oh. and they're waving, and then they kind of stop, and they realize, I, I need to keep waving. Oh, it hurts. I, I need to turn oh. the TV off. Yeah. So we got to fix that. Leaving legend. the camera on them too long is brutal. Oh, it's apparently Scotty Pippen had a funny, he had a funny wave too. I saw that on, on social media. I didn't notice it during it, but yeah, it was, so he was funny. And the fact that he wasn't, it was always interesting. The guys that didn't make it, I'm thinking, wait, why weren't they there? Yeah. Uh, Carl Malone, where was Carl? Like, I don't know. There's certain guys, Tim Duncan, he's got some crazy hair. Well, I wasn't Duncan there. <laughs> um, but, but anyway, it was just funny all around. Uh, but let, let's say hello to Henry Bienname. Uh, we'll do tap drill in a moment, but, but Henry, what are you convinced of? How are you doing? And, uh, and what did you make of the, the 75th anniversary team? What's going on, boys? Um, I, w- I was in awe of the 75th anniversary team. I loved everything about it. I loved the fact that you get to see all the new players uh, mix it up with the generations and generations of players and players we seem to have forgotten about. Um, as a Nick fan, personally, I love the fact that we had about four or five of them from Willis Reed to Dave DeBusher to Earl Monroe to Walt Clyde Frazier. I was kind of hoping Walt Clyde would have come out with some type of with, with, with some type of outfit as he normally does, because back yeah. in the day, he always came in with the fedora, had the jacket on. So but he came in. He came in. Do you know, I came in, came in with everybody else. So I guess Still that was has cool. a strong facial hair. Very yes. strong. Yes. And of course. Who I believe the greatest of all, the greatest Nick of all time, Patrick Ewing, was on this. We had a good representation of New York Knicks there. But one thing I'm convinced of going towards that angle is that even in their age, there's still beef within the players. The perfect (laughs) example is the Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen dynamic. Now, You yeah. you could see I mean they they took a picture together and that's all well and good don't get me wrong but Kevin Garnett still has beef to this day for Ray Allen leaving and not just leaving leaving to go to the Miami Heat he won't ever give it up let no it way. go man let it go oh, he won't he he won't. is still heated because if you look on if you look i don't know if it was on the broadcast but if you look on social media i believe it's on twitter you can google it when ray allen is coming up and you see him and lebron dap it up kevin garnett does not even give him any type of eye contact he's literally not looking at the dude he's standing next to and i don't even know if paul pierce was even looking at them but it was that awkward moment you thought that they were they were going to go up he was going to go up and go to the left where they were standing no he went to the right on lebron's side 
and uh. th- that beef is still to this day they still have beef on it and the other one which i thought was pretty interesting was that when michael jordan with they showed video of when all the guys were in the room and michael came through and he's saying hi to everybody he makes a beeline for magic johnson and he says let's lace them up me and you one-on-one right now at 50 years old let's go as as the jordan as the kids like, yeah. as the kids like to say, it's on site. Let's go. <laughs> I thought, true. I thought that even at, even in the middle of this grand event, uh, once in a lifetime event, Michael still wants to go out and say, somebody's got to get these buckets for real. Uh, Someone's yeah. got to get these buckets. And it was legendary too, just that he was like the last guy. He like they didn't even think he was going to show up. He came, I think he was at the Daytona 500. He flew up, barely made it. Gets the loudest applause in yep. Cleveland. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I was listening to Colin Cowherd yesterday talking about it. But the idea that, you know, Jordan crushed Cleveland, you know, shot on Elo, like he, they would even beat up on Cleveland. Oh, yeah. Yet those fans, or I mean, not that they were all Cleveland fans there, but probably a decent amount. They're still cheering for Jordan. He still gets the loudest applause. It is I was almost taken so aback when he walked in. Cuz I'm I'm watching all these legends. Oh, yeah. Ewing. Oh, wow. Another Bill level. Russell, all these all these amazing people. And then MJ walks in. I'm almost like, "Whoa. That's Michael Jordan." You almost forget that he's part of the list because he's in just this whole other category of players. And he walks in and I I'm like, "Whoa. That's Michael Jordan here." I don't know. I just responded at my heart I started racing watching him. Oh wow! Ooh, got a little crush. But he um <laughs> he went he went to the uh, the center like of the circle. Everybody yeah. was like kind of on the, and then he like had his own platform. And then I feel like he got up there and he's like, "Wait, am I the only one up here?" Yeah, and he, and he went straight around. to Dennis Rodman. So t- yeah, t- 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 some people still have beef. MJ and Dennis Rodman, they're forever boys. Boys forever. The yep. the unlikeliest duo in the history of sports, Dennis Rodman. And Michael Jordan. And did you see the way he hugged LeBron? Did you see the way he went up to LeBron? And LeBron was like, he, he the, the two greatest players of all time, and they're standing there and they're embracing. You're like, I don't think I'm ever going to see this again. Ever. The, the two people, the two people we consider the greatest basketball players in the world are, are in the same place hugging each other and having a good time. Well, they don't interact that much, do they? No, they don't. Well, unless LeBron comes to the Charlotte Hornets, right? He's looking for a new team. He's done with the uh, Lakers. Where's okay. he going to go? Here's Where's a que- he going to go? Here's Uh-oh, a question here for we you, go. Bryce. Here we go. So let's say the year that Bronny James is headed to the draft, and would you and, and the Charlotte Hornets have a lottery pick, but – Bronny James' value is projected end of second round. Do you draft Bronny with the lottery pick knowing you're getting one year of LeBron James because he's going to whatever team Bronny plays for? Do you spend a lottery pick on Bronny even though he has late second round value? To me, I I like the philosophy. Again, I was listening to Colin Cowherd. You want to build your own team. Like You don't just want LeBron at the end of his career – to come in and, and you get the whole LeBron show at the very, very end. Now I would be okay with that with Steph Curry. Cause he's a hometown guy and his dad played here. So it's like, that's fine. But the LeBron show it. And I'm love LeBron. I'm a LeBron defender. He's, this whole Laker thing has been a little unfortunate and it's hard to defend at this point. I don't think we'll have time to get into it fully, but no, I don't think I like that. I don't think I like the, the LeBron Bronny show because the Hornets are actually building something solid around yeah. LaMelo ball. Your boy Lamelo, good All Star showing. Yeah, great fit right in, playing there at the end of the game. Yeah, this is a great finish to that game. So I think the Hornets, if things you know, two years from now, I guess when Bronny would come out, are still kind of on this track. I'd rather stay on that track. Um, whereas you know, a team that like the Sacramento Kings, they're not turning down LeBron and Bronny. Like if they can yeah. be relevant for one season, they'll take it, right? Or yeah. or the uh, the Washington Wizards or I don't know any of these other teams that are so irrelevant. Oh, um, can you imagine LeBron's it. farewell tour in Sacramento? I, oh, who's gonna, I'd you rather think you would not. rethink it. You think you would rethink it? I I'd know, rather not. in Sacramento, but yeah, farewell Cleveland tour there. Is building something. Cleveland's building something. Do they really want the LeBron show 
in two years to mess that up with what they've got going. They're heading no. in the right direction. It may yeah. not be worth it. Well, then it, it, no. it, there's even more questions. How much control does LeBron have in the locker room? Hey, does Bronny need to have 20 minutes a game for me to even show up? I, so many questions. So yeah, I, I would. I don't want to be a part of that. No, I, it, I, don't. I do think it'd be cool to see them play together, though. Absolutely. That would be that would be absolutely incredible because we love the Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Jr. them playing together, the back to back home runs. But to see that in an on an NBA court, like baseball, you can play when you're older, especially if you're just a designated hitter. But to be able to play in the NBA with your son, that is special. Really, me, special. me and my dad, we won a Fourth uh, of July relay race. And uh, like the, the four by one hundred uh, free freestyle at the pool. Yeah, it was he, my dad. My dad carried us. He, I lost against the kid, and then Is he, he a beat swimmer? dad. Oh yeah, my dad, a college swimmer. Yeah, uh, okay. And he like made a comeback and once we won the Fourth of July father son uh, swim race. <laughs> Yo, I'm all for Bronny and LeBron going for it. Yeah, um, but I not necessarily in Charlotte. So back to LeBron and Jordan in the same in the same room. You know. Will LeBron be an owner of a team one day? I would think so. And oh, then him, yeah. and, him and Jordan are going to be going head to head as as owners. That that that'll be the next phase of of the NBA for sure. If Dwayne right. Wade's going to be a part owner with the Utah Jazz, got to think LeBron is going to yeah supersede that. I would say wherever he ends up next, there has to be a plan for ownership because I don't think that'll happen with the Lakers. But if he goes, you know, we'll just say even the Hornets for instance as an example. Like, hey, come finish off your career, play one or two years into your 40s. Then yeah. when, when you're done, we'll sell you a part of the team and you'll well, be a part of this. Why not Cleveland? Because that's what Jordan did with the Wizards. It just, and then he came back, you know, whatever. That was, I guess, a little different, but a similar kind of setup. Yeah. Um, but then it just didn't work out. He had to sell his, he did it reverse. But yeah, that, that'd be an interesting thing for LeBron. Hmm. What team did you say? Well, why not, why not Cleveland for something like it that? It could be Cleveland. It could be Cleveland. But dude, they're... They've got a great young core. They got a great thing going there. I can't believe yeah. how good they are. Well, they're, they're, they're I, the I, I was checking the standings the other day, and I was shocked. They're fourth in the East. They're fourth. Wow. Yeah, really good team. Two Cleveland All-Stars. has a, has a really, really good team. Yeah, and it's so, impressive. So let's go ahead and let's, let's make that the beginning of tap drill, and let's, let's just keep going with it. And let's say this, and, and uh, Luke and I were talking about this, and I know Luke wanted to get into the paint on this one, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to set it up for him, and I'm going to let him go. Um, you know how every generation has their face of the NBA. There used to be um, Magic, and, Magic and Bird in the 80s. The 90s were, was Michael Jordan. The aughts or the 2000s were Kobe, and now we have LeBron. Then we have Steph Curry. And what he did, what he did in the in the All-Star game, 18 three-pointers or or 16 three-pointers in an All-Star game, in a basketball game, period. So, boys, my question to you is simply this. Has Steph Curry now taken the mantle of the face of this generation's era of the NBA? Yeah, I think, again, I, I think he is the favorite player of the most kids. Kids love Steph Curry the most because he's more relatable. Like the team I'm coaching, fifth and sixth grade boys, none of them are physically dominating forces, but they can all pull from deep. And, and all of their, I also asked them at first practice, tell me your favorite player. Two thirds of the team said Steph Curry. Hmm. And like th- that's everyone's favorite player. It was funny. I was uh, listening to Steph Curry on a podcast. He was saying, yeah, enough with the letters. I-, I keep getting these messages and letters telling me that I'm ruining the game. He said, I'm not telling your kids to shoot these shots. It's not my fault. People, these kids need to realize I spend hours in the gym doing this stuff. But I think in regards to favorite player, got to think Curry is – the most popular favorite player for kids. So, so I still think LeBron's the face of the NBA in regards to brand, but I, I, I bet Steph Curry is the favorite player of the most kids, like middle school age and under probably. Yeah. So I think Curry was on that track and I I've probably mentioned this before, but I'm so passionate about it. Kevin Durant ruined 
what was a great thing in Golden State because it was Curry's team. He was captivating. He was must-watch TV night in, night out. Unanimous MVP. Oh, my gosh. And so then they add who Durant's very talented, but then they became like too good. And it just was like it was almost it's just unfair and yeah. it was ridiculous. And then Curry, Curry um, became lost out, uh, kind of got lost in the shuffle. And because he was the, you know, the second option or whatever. So to me, when you mentioned, you know, Bird and Magic and, and these different guys, to me, Curry and LeBron, like they were the face of the NBA. And then Curry just kind of, faded back a little bit partly because Durant was there and then he got injured and, and the Warriors, you know, hit, hit a little tough spot there for a couple seasons, but they're back. He's back. And he's absolutely right there as the face of the league. Now I think Giannis still has to be in that conversation too, because he's, he's probably the best player him and him and Curry are still, I mean, gosh, LeBron's still he's third in points. So we can't even write him off. He's like Tom Brady. We we don't realize that, wait, he's still putting up the best numbers of any quarterback. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's how LeBron is too. So LeBron, Curry, and Giannis, that's who the NBA should be marketing. Those are their guys. Stop letting James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant. Those guys are not the face of the NBA. They shouldn't be the face of the NBA. If they want to go play in the Canadian League, I'd be fine with it. Um, or go play in Europe, anywhere else. Go play with Jawan Howard. He'll be he'll be your coach. <laughs> if I'm going to cancel anybody, I'm canceling the the Nets. Get rid of the Nets. Poor Uh-oh. Seth Curry, man. Poor Seth Uh-oh. Curry, getting lost in the shuffle. But, but anyway, but those you, guys, like you know, we talk about all those guys all the time. Kyrie Irving yeah. and all that. Nah, forget about the Kyrie Irving. Let's talk about Curry and what he does. You bring up a great point. 2015, Steph versus LeBron. Warriors win. Yeah. 2016, Steph versus LeBron. Cavs win. They're one and one against each other. Like that was that was the beginning of an unbelievable magic bird type thing. Yeah. Which was really fun. And I I don't want to be Mr. KD's don't count. Obviously they still count, but I it it was unfortunate. Unmemorable. We Unmemorable. forgot how good Steph Curry was. He did not get the credit. He took the back seat, which was a a huge says a lot about him. A lot about him. It says a yeah. lot about him. And we almost forget, yeah, unanimous MVP. Like this dude is one of the greatest of all time. And we just forgot that, which is so unfortunate. So I'm very glad we're remembering. Wait, this guy still is one of the best to ever do it. And he's still dominating people right now. So yep. we're finally reminding ourselves of he actually never went anywhere. He's, he's been here. And then he hurt his wrist and was out for a year. So he's back, baby. Remember, back. I'm still the guy. And so to end up in tap drill, we'll, we'll stay with the NBA. So now that the end, so now that the, we've gone through the grandeur and the quote unquote, here it comes, Bryce, the pomp and circumstance of the 75th anniversary. What, uh, what storylines are you guys looking forward to in these last 20 game sprint before the playoffs? Ah, yeah, very excited about the, the the final stretch in the NBA. Very competitive, both the West and the East. Very intrigued to see, to me, the team to beat, the teams to beat, the Bucks, the Suns, and the Warriors. Those are my favorites to, to win it all. However, I even though I was ripping on James Harden, I kind of like the fit in Philly. So to see James Harden and Joel Embiid together, I lean toward Harden being able to turn it on and actually try hard for the last 20 games. The fact that that's even a conversation annoys me, but I think he's, it's, it's possible uh, that the Sixers could make, could make a run, but I don't think they can win a championship. I think those other three teams are the teams to win the championship. So that's how, who I'll be keeping an eye out for. And then I'm curious, do the Lakers shut it down? Do they shut LeBron down? Or does LeBron put the team on his back and do something remarkable? I, him and Westbrook play hard all the time. So without Anthony Davis, what does that mean? What does that look like? So, that's what I'm, and of course, my Hornets, can they make the playoffs? I I just think it's it's a great time to be an NBA fan. We're out of the, the, the three superstar trio age. There's a, hand, a legit handful of teams that have a chance to win. I'm just looking at the standings. One through eight in the Western Conference right now. Suns, Warriors, Grizzlies, Jazz, Mavs, Nuggets, Timberwolves, Clippers, like teams that have been bad this 
century are now going to be tough to beat playoff teams. So I'm just excited to see it, it, the playoffs. I, I really have no idea what's going to happen. So, and whereas 2010 to 2018, we knew what was going to happen every year. We knew that the, there was three teams that had a chance and that was it. And we, it was the first round, second round didn't even matter because those teams aren't even advancing. So now it's, well, I have no clue who's going to win these, these playoff series. And then you think of the play-in games. It's unbelievable. We, we well, are I'm, spoiled as sports fans right now. Well, I'm telling you there's only three teams. But I like your approach. I like your optimistic approach that other teams have a chance. But Warriors, Suns, Bucks. That's who I got. So oh, <laughs> you can have the no love for you your the I, no love for the Heat or the Bulls? You can have the field. They're, they're not winning the championship. So, Ooh, that's so. actually a good question. Would I take the field? I think I would take the field. All right. Put it, mark it down, mark it down, Henry. I'm good we'll, with that. We'll revisit this. We'll revisit this. I'm. A, we're going to bring this back. Yeah, and I would put probably. I'd probably go Warriors, Bucks, Suns. That, that, that would be my my favorites. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. We'll see it. Yeah. Again, with Chris Paul, if he comes back for the for the stretch run or the playoff run, but um, yeah. No, I I'm with you as far as the competitiveness, the depth of both. But still at the top, I still mo- I have confidence in those teams. Yeah. Whereas, but I would say the average NBA fan thinks, oh, well, if the Nets get it together, they're going to make a run. I just don't think they're going to put it together because I don't trust any of those players on their team. Um, so yeah. you, if you guys want to trust in Goran Dragic and Blake Griffin and Kyrie Irving every third night and Ben <laughs> Simmons, you can have them because I'm not taking this. I'm not taking the Nets. Sorry. Sorry, Henry. <laughs> or your Knicks. <laughs> I'm not so, even taking the Knicks. No, nobody's taking the Knicks except for Obi Toppin. Good dunk contest for him. Yeesh. All right, guys. Well, hey, it was fun. It was a great time. Uh, appreciate all of your hard work. Thanks, everybody, listening today. We'd love to know your thoughts. You can email me, Bryce, at unpackingit.com. Glad to do this show. It was a Tuesday edition. Uh, feeling a little bit better, so thankful for that. Uh, but the uh, devotional will go out. We, we talked about what is our response to sin? How do we respond to sin? And ultimately, our, our, our hope and our, our grace is found in Jesus. And so as I wrap up the show, uh, man, I'm a sports fan who follows Jesus. I believe in the good news that Jesus died on the cross for my sin. He was resurrected. And through faith, I've been saved by his grace. I hope that is true for you as well. And I hope you'll join me as we live life as sports fans who follow Jesus together. Have a great rest of your day. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Unpacking It Live podcast presented by MediShare. For more information about the show, our events, and other resources, visit unpackingit.com. That's U-N-P-A-C-K-I-N-I-T.com. We hope you are encouraged, inspired, and challenged by what you heard today. To support our show and Unpacking It Ministries with a financial gift, visit unpackingit.com slash donate. We look forward to unpacking sports, faith, and life with you again next week.